Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Grief fundamentally changes who we are and how we see the world. It's painful and heartbreaking, but also transformative and magical. This podcast is about grief and loss, but more importantly, it's about life and living fearlessly. I'm Kelsey Chittick, and welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Grieve. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today on the podcast, we are going in a little bit of a different direction, and I'm pretty excited about it because this is something that I am obsessed with, and I would be lying if I didn't say that my desire to talk to dead people, connect to dead people, have some way to re-engage in a relationship with the people that are gone is, is a really big priority of mine. And so today we have Susan Schuler, who is a medium, a psychic, and a really a special person because she does the work that I have always loved, but I don't understand. So let me kind of back up on how I, I met her. One of my good friends, Ashley, said, I'm doing this team building event and I'm going to have a medium and a psychic come talk to my team. And she's like, for your birthday, I want you to have one of these sessions. But I was really kind of uptight about it because I've had a couple experiences over the past five years since Nate died where it's been like, I could tell that the person really had already knew information about me or knew my situation. So it felt really inauthentic. It was super expensive in LA. It can get really crazy. And I had gotten some referrals from different people and those experiences just left me like feeling worse. And so when I met Susan, I wouldn't talk to her. I wouldn't give her my name. I wouldn't give her my email. I wouldn't give her my phone number. And it's a little annoying when someone does that, but that was the only way I could feel confident that somehow she was connecting to something that was giving her information. And she went with it, even though I was very picky. So Susan, thank you so much for taking that call and doing my first reading with going in completely dark and for joining us today. Of course, that's no problem. I kind of liked it a little bit. It was it was a little uh, refreshing. You know what I mean? It's you know you can do an entire reading clearly off of somebody's initial. You don't you know and you, and as we found out, you don't even need to be there. Yeah, and you didn't even you didn't push back. And when I say she nailed it, she nailed it. So it was just it, it was a really great experience. And because of that, um, there's so much I don't know about how this line of work works. I obviously feel like I have a very strong connection with my husband. I feel like we still parent together. I feel like I talk to him all the time. I can hear him. Same with my grandparents, all the people that you accessed. So I understand that I can do it for me. What I'd like to hear about is how you got into this 
and how you access people that you don't know or have a relationship with. Wow. I have been communicating with people in spirit since I was a little girl. And I think the way it works for me anyway is I think they gravitate towards people who they know are sort of open to it. And I I think everybody has the ability for mediumship, like what you were just saying, like if your loved ones. But I'm not sure if everybody's got the same level of getting into the, the level of depth, you know, that maybe somebody like myself does. But I remember being in my basement when I was six years old and it was really scary down there. And I could see a man like off in a dark corner. And so I just started talking to him because it was so scary. And it turned out later, I kind of found out he was the gentleman that used to own our restaurant before we bought it. And it wasn't until years later that I saw pictures. I'm like, oh, it's the guy in the basement. And and I had literally no idea before that. But as most people, I mean, you can imagine that's scary for a little child. So I really pushed it away. And uh, most mediums will push it away. But mediumship's one of those things where you can run, but you can't hide. If the spirit world wants to work with you, they will make it impossible to not work with them. So yeah, it just, it just and it, like, you know, so I, I actually slept with nightlights. I was really scared. I always had interesting phenomenon happen, but I just kept pushing it away. Wasn't probably, and but I was always fascinated with metaphysics, you know, past lives, that sort of stuff. So I definitely delved into all of that. But I don't think it was until I read the Celestine Prophecy that I was like, okay, I want that, (laughs) you know, so. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I grew up in the South, so a lot of my friends are very strong Christians, and we have such strong faith in God, and they have such strong relationships with Jesus, and everyone's okay with that. Mm-hmm. It's fine to you know have to talk to Jesus and it's fine to have a relationship with God, but people get freaked out when then you're like talking to the you know the old man that used to live in the house a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And I find that it's just I find that that's interesting because if you believe you can talk to God and you believe that you can have a relationship with someone that is gone religiously, I don't know why you couldn't have a relationship with anybody that has just essentially, what does Dr. Beckwith always say, shuffled off the mortal coil. Mm-hmm. And so so when I first got on the phone with you, I think I asked, I said, I told you I'd had a bad experience. And I mean, I had a really bad experience. And I think sometimes it can get, that whole world can be creepy, just like anything when you're going where people are looking for answers or looking for connection. They're in a tough spot. And it feels so sad when you feel like you've been taken advantage of when you're in a, a tough spot. So I asked you, how do we, if we're looking for a medium or a psychic, what are the, what are some of the things that we can look for so that we can feel confident that they're trained, that they're honest, that they're not just pulling from the internet? Because now with the internet, I'm like, well, I could psychic anybody. I'll just Google you and I'll tell you everything that you want to hear. So can you explain what, what you look for or what you've been through to get here? Um, And I think I did mention this to you. The thing, if I were looking for a medium, I would look for somebody who teaches other mediums. Because to me, it's like, there's no BS there. It's like, if I can teach someone how to do what I'm doing, it's legit. Also, I would look for somebody who does public demonstrations. Because if you're publicly reading for an audience, and I'm not saying there aren't people who've done stuff like this, but it's, I don't even know how you would do it because you don't, you don't know who you're actually speaking to. And I love doing public demonstrations. I find them really awesome. Um, so that's the sort of thing. I would also look at somebody who's trained. I jokingly tell people, 
I've spent more money on training to be a medium than I did for my undergraduate and my graduate degrees. So it's like, I mean, I I go to England all the time because that's where one of the most well-known spiritualist colleges is. So I would actually ask people like, who have you trained with? Where have you been? And there are some people in this, I hope I'm not stepping on any toes as I say this with other mediums that I know. I've had mediums say, oh, I'm organic. I don't study. And I'm just like, that's a cop out. I'm sorry. That's like saying, I want an accountant who only knows how to count. No, I want an accountant who knows all the ins and outs and has done their time. You know what I mean? And they can really help me that way. This is, if you think about this, I mean, this is a huge responsibility. Huge. Huge. And I mean, you're dealing with people's, I mean, I find this as a, a larger responsibility than when I taught high school. And I mean, I taught high school for 25 years. It was, it, that was something that you didn't walk into lightly, but this is harder than anything I've done, but it's so much more rewarding. So I would absolutely interview somebody before I would allow them to. And I mean, I'm super, super picky. Like when I need guidance, which I occasionally do, it's hard for me to get the guidance I want because everything goes through my rational brain. And the last thing you want to do as a medium is to think. It's like, you just want to get what you're getting and go with it. God, you know, when you say that, the last thing you want to do is think, isn't that the life lesson of, of everything? Like get out of your head, drop into your heart, somehow find a way to suspend all the rules and regulations and ideas that you've been given about whatever it is Mm -hmm. and be open to source, God, person. So can you just walk me through what is the process? So when you and I did a reading you know, Nate didn't come in until the end and we asked and you said there's, you can ask if you, if someone didn't come in, go ahead and ask and I'll see if they're available. And I love that because of course Nate didn't come in. He was like, we talk enough. (laughs) I'm actually, you've you've actually been bothering me in both realms lately and Mm -hmm. I'm off fighting the holy fires or doing whatever the hell he's, he's doing. But my grandmother came in, which I, you would have never known about her. She died, you know, 70 years ago, but was probably one of the biggest influences of my life. And you also talked about my daughter, which most people, we don't, I don't get into those female relationships in very often. It's very much heavy on like my, my husband's gone, my, my uncle who was like a father's gone. So I'm always, and my grandfather was a big part of my life. So the men in my life have always are all gone. And that in turn makes me worry about my son. And then, so I have a lot of male focused connections in the other side, but my grandmother came in and you knew everything. I mean, it's just, it was crazy. So what, what do you do? Like, so I sit down with you, you know, nothing about me. Mm -hmm. I'm being totally weird and I won't let you know anything. (laughs) I'm I'm going by like a code name. Like I'm so famous that you can't, that's the best (laughs) part. I love that I was acting like I was like Angelina Jolie. I'm like, I can't tell you who I am, but what do you do? Well, first off, and that's interesting that you say it in the way that you did about your grandma coming through. A lot of times, and even your daughter, a lot of times with mediumship, I look at it as I've been trained to meet somebody's needs. So sometimes your needs, even though you might come in saying, I just want mediumship, your needs might encompass other areas. And that's why you notice I start with always setting intentions. And I ask for whomever you most need to connect with in the spirit world, that that is the person or the people who step forward. And then I'll also ask for your spirit guides to step forward to make sure they're the ones that are orchestrating how things are going. Personally, I've found by setting intentions, 
it's a nice, well-rounded reading. It took me years to learn the visions I was getting, the voices I was hearing. And it, it, so it's, it's like, it's not just a one size fits all. And remember, spirit uses my frame of reference. So because I have a musical theater background, because I have a literature background, I'll hear musical show tunes. I'll see pictures of like, you know, just anything like that. So it uses my frame of reference. So mediumship is so different for every single medium. So, I mean, I always start off by set, setting intentions and then I just surrender into it. And it's like, I always blend my soul with the person with whom I'm sitting. And then their spirit people just kind of start dropping in. And the way it works for me is it's like, if, I, if I'm on the right side, like over here, I'm leaning this way to the right, that's mother's side of the family. And spirit tells me they'll come in that way. So I'll know, oh, I've got your grandma on this side. If it's to the left, I'm like, oh, I've got you know this on your father's side. Children will come in down below. I've had animals fly by. It was like a bird. So it's sort of like I have a little grid. And even when I do demonstrations, spirit will kind of come in that way. But then they come really close to me and they blend with me. So clairsentiently, which means clear feeling, I start feeling what they were feeling. So like in the case of someone who had had a heart attack, I'll feel a deep pressure in my chest. Sometimes it's a little tricky, though, because I'm like, is this anxiety or am I actually feeling a heart attack? You know, so So sometimes things can, you know, get a little. And that's why it's not a perfect science. It really isn't. This is truly the hardest language there is to learn. So you connect with the people and you kind of just wait. And it's a feeling as if you are your eyes open or your eyes closed normally when you're doing a reading. I've been trained to have my eyes open because to me, especially if I'm dealing with someone in person, you have to connect to the human that you're sitting with, even though the spirit world is all around you. And you have to make sure that you're making eye contact with them. That's personally why I love working on the phone. What I've noticed is I I kind of gaze off to the right and my visions kind of come in that way. Okay. So have you ever sat down with somebody and been like, nobody's coming? Yeah, I have. And it's sad. It's sad sometimes. I will refund people in that situation. It's like sometimes, honestly, someone will come to see me who really, really desperately wants a reading, but emotionally, they may not be ready for it. It's not that the spirit world's ever going to be like, I don't want to come forward. It's that the human that I'm sitting with is in such excruciating pain that it's blocking the message. And so I always make sure I say to people, it's nothing about you. It's nothing about me. This just isn't necessarily jiving. So that's one reason it may not work. Another reason it may not work is, I mean, we're human. And there are times my human may not connect with the human in front of me. And so then that's where I'll just say, you know, it's nothing against you, nothing against me. And I know so many other mediums that what I'll do is I'll say, listen, I'm going to give you the name of like three other mediums that I would suggest you try and go to whoever you're most led to and kind of let them. And it usually works out for people. And I've had other medium friends recommend me who they've not been able to connect with. So not every medium is going to be able to connect with every person. That's brilliant. Just like any relationship. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Sometimes we're not in the same soul circle. So you're like, actually, you're going to need to go to someone else to, that's really interesting. In terms of just how you, what are your thoughts on death? Like after you've spent so much of your life conversating and in relationship with people that are in another realm, and then you're helping other people do this, what, what do you think happens? I mean, I have my idea. I, I, I had this vision when Nate died and I was out of the country, but 
he died in front of my kids at a trampoline park. And I have this vision of him dying and I can see his body on the, on the trampoline. And this is all in my head. And then I can see him floating up and kind of deciding, like, do I stay or do I go? Like he, and he's looking at his two young kids and I'm out of the country. And I, there's this moment where I see him kind of in between and trying to decide, do I go back and, and live whatever that life would be with that heart, that disease that I had, all the things we didn't know, or does he let go and move on? And there's this one moment in that vision where I see him going, looking up and going, that's it. That's mm-hmm. so beautiful. I'm going home. It's okay. They're okay. We're all okay. This is the right decision. And that for some reason has always played out for me because he would have never left us if we weren't going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So that's how I envisioned. And then I kind of envisioned his body after that point being a vehicle that no longer is, you know, uh, working. I mean, I ended up seeing him in the morgue. And honestly, it, it, I was so scared to go do that, to go say goodbye to him. But it was okay because I felt like it was just, it was just a, a memory of him. But I was connecting. I was, we had a great conversation as we always did. He listened very well, especially that day, but I could connect to him. I felt like we had, I said goodbye and his body, even though he was dead, I would have never thought I could do that. I would never think I could look at a dead person's body of my husband and it was okay. And it changed my view on everything. So what, what do you think happens? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Well, it's interesting because this poses the question of, do we have a shelf life? And I was just discussing this with a friend the other day. And that's another thing that I love about the mediumship training I've taken. We get very philosophical because these are things that people are going to ask and you have to kind of know where you stand on things. From my personal findings, I kind of have the impression that we do have a shelf life, that we're slotted to be here and then, much like your husband, we're going to decide, do I want to cross over? Do I want to go? The one thing that I've noticed time and time again, and I had a niece who was 18 who was killed by a drunk driver. And so when I was, this was years ago, and she was on her longboard skateboarding home when this happened, she was hit from behind. And I remember tapping into her and her showing me that she'd actually left her body before the impact hit because she was thrown like 150 feet. And so, and and it was like watching down. So I have to say, whenever there's like impact like that, first off, I've never, ever had spirit tell me it hurt. They always almost, I mean, it's like almost, especially if family's worried about that, like my sister clearly was worried. It's it's like the soul knows what's going to happen and it's gone. 
And then it kind of watches and it, it sees what's happening. It was interesting too, because I also, when I, when I tapped into my niece with that one, my dad was there with her. So, you know, probably because she was younger and a little scared and what the heck's just going on. I want to say almost always I see another spirit person with them when it's really sudden. Um, when people die, most oftentimes people are already kind of going between two worlds. They're already talking to people who aren't there, you know, uh, according to those that are still alive. So, yeah, so I can say and then sometimes I love this, especially spirits will show me what they're doing on the other side. And some I've had people show up where they're like at a cocktail party and it's like they're just working and they're like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to see these family members that I hadn't seen for a while. I've seen, you know, other people are staying very close to the earth plane, probably like in your husband's case, where it's like, I want to keep an eye on my family. It's there is ne- I have never seen this myself where, oh, the soul is stuck. It doesn't know to go to the light. That's not at all how it happens. Everybody goes to the light. OK, <laughs> nobody's stuck. It just it's not the way it is. But we might really like a certain space. We might want to be with our family. Uh, we might want to sleep with our wife. I've seen where men like, and, and wives, when I say this to them, like, oh my God, I feel him in bed next to me sometimes. I'm like, it's because he's in bed next to you, yeah. you know? And, and you will actually get that physical, you know, kind of a presence. So everybody's doing something different. And just because you've crossed to the other side doesn't mean that you're all knowing. It's almost like there's layers or levels. So you may not go to the same level that someone else may go, you know? So it's, but we can also ask our spirit people to come with us and visit us. And and it's not like we're pulling them away from other stuff. You know, it's just not like that. Yeah, I have two things I love. Um, I love that there's no idea of purgatory. I think that's the most religiously fear-based. Absolutely. Somehow you're stuck. Like there's just, no, it doesn't work that way. If we're all love, we're love. If Mm -hmm. we go back to love, we go back to love. It's for Nate, I he always loved music. It was his most favorite thing. And I literally, the way he he connects with music, it's it's every song at the exact right moment. Mm-hmm. And I think most, I mean, my belief at this point is that they're always trying to connect, just because their family. I, the way I described it, or how I feels to me is, you know, if if my husband had taken a car ride from Florida to California in night in the nineteen fifties. We wouldn't been been able to contact him, but he still would have been there. We just didn't have the equipment to connect to him. Now, if a husband drives from Florida to California, you can talk to him every day. You can talk to him the whole time because mm-hmm. we have built equipment that allows you to speak to someone that you can't see. Mm-hmm. That's in a different place. So I think the more I connect with Nate, the more this this equipment that I have makes it very easy. And he and I have got a great rhythm and I, I just know it's him because I can hear the answer and it's mm-hmm. very clear and very short. And the music for me is always just a reminder that I'm here and you're doing great. That's just kind of what it feels like. Mm-hmm. I always wonder too, you know, if, you know, I don't ever, I, I have this feeling that wherever they go is beautiful. And so I was so afraid of death. And I, I mean, I, I still am not like real excited about it because I've got my kids and stuff. But the beauty of how I feel he feels is has changed my whole view on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wouldn't. And, and for some reason, and like you said, a shelf life, you know, immediately when he died and he was 42, 
there was a sense, of course, I, I say it was too short. Why did he go? But in my gut, I'm like, he lived, he lived what he was supposed to do. He, he did, he did everything he was supposed to do. If I can get out of my like human brain of my thoughts saying, you know, we all are supposed to live till we're 86, not for him. And that's the misconception that so many people have is that you're old when you pass and doing this work, you are not old when you pass. I mean, I can say from my personal experience, by the time I graduated high school, we'd lost 11 kids from my senior class. So, I mean, I, I, death has sort of followed me. And I, the, the beautiful part of being a medium, though, is because I see this all the time. I'm actually, and I hesitate to say this because I don't want it to come off wrong. I'm actually looking forward to death. Hmm. To me, it's it's sort of it, in it. And believe me, when death doesn't make, if it's not a scary thing anymore, you live your life in a much more brazen kind of like bring it kind of way. And, and so to me, it's been a, it's been a beautiful, you know, little ride. And like I said, it's not a ride you pick, you know, it, it really chooses you. Yeah. Do you have, do you find that, I mean, obviously you live out, you're in LA. Mm-hmm. I'm in Santa Monica. Right. So that, you know, everybody, I think out here, there's a real openness to this. Do you get any pushback or do you, if people say, well, what you're doing is making it up. I mean, I, I, you make okay money, but you're not making millions by doing this. I think people think everybody's scamming people. I'm like, right. that would be a lot of scamming in order to pay your bills. Yeah. It's interesting too, because when you say you come from a, a like a, a religious background, my mother's a born again Christian. So I grew up actually laying hands on people and praying over them. So to me, it, it, it this made perfect sense, but my mother refused to go to any of my demonstrations or anything like that. And she just went this past year and she was like in awe. She was like, oh my God, I had no idea. And, and it's not, you know, but, but people have this, like what you're saying, this negative idea about it, because I mean, I always tell people, it's like, we're magical. But years ago, like when pagans sort of embraced this, it was organized religion that wanted power. So they wanted this to be seen in a negative light, you know, and I'm not saying there aren't a lot of less than desirable people doing this work. I hear horror stories about, oh, yeah, I had to give them $2,000 so they could take the curse off the money. I'm always like, come on, guys, use your thinking cap here, you know, (laughs) it's like don't. It's interesting. I grew up my I grew up in the South, but my family was super spiritual. So Mm -hmm. I've actually you know, what, whatever, whatever spiritual teaching, whatever book I've read it, we've discussed it, which made it very easy for me to have these conversations. It's funny though, my mom, who has taught me most everything, this part doesn't really, she doesn't, she's like, when they're gone, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I think that makes, that's her choice. And that's because of that, that is her truth for her. Mm -hmm. She doesn't feel that she doesn't have that desire or need. And actually I think that her belief then matches her experience. Mm-hmm. I do believe that you have to you have to believe to see. Absolutely. You don't need to see it to believe it. You need to believe it to see it. And also I I tell people when you're going through grief like who cares what you do? What you believe? Mm-hmm. If it brings you peace and it brings you joy, you know, drive towards that. It has given me so much peace to find people like yourself and the other healers I've gone to and the experiences to say like I wasn't, I wasn't ready to say goodbye to him. And I refused to say goodbye to him completely. So Mm -hmm. therefore you and I, buddy have to find a way to do this together 
even though I can't see you. So you're on your trip across the country. I don't know where you are, but I am going to have access to you. So in terms of if somebody, have you ever, I think a lot of people get confused with mediumship and psychics because, you know, you can go to like a party in LA and there'll be a psychic in the corner and then you'll see some girl like run off after two vodka sodas. And she's like, she said something bad's coming. I'm like, well, of course, something's always going to be bad that's coming. It's called life. Like something bad might be that you have a lesson or whatever, but what is the difference between mediumship and being psychic? And I'm really glad you asked this because most people don't have a clue. Mediumship, well, and first of all, for me to do mediumship, I have to use my psychic abilities. And every single person is psychic. We all have these natural intuitive abilities. Most of us just don't believe we can tap into them. Psychic is my soul tapping into your soul and allowing me to read all about you, your past, your past lives, all of that sort of stuff. But you're alive. Mediumship is me doing the exact same thing with the soul to soul connection, but with the spirit world. And so like with me tapping into you, it's like, because your daughter, I'm just going to use that as an example, your daughter's part of your energy. So I can tell you about your daughter and things that she's going through and all of that. But usually, I mean, and I can't tell you how many times I've been to demonstrations where a medium will say they're doing mediumship. When in essence, I can tell they're psychically tapping into the audience member and they're just reading their memories. They're not actually talking to the spirit world. Happens more often than not. So to me, I've been very well trained and like, this is mediumship and this is psychic and you better know how to differentiate that. A teacher of mine once said it was two staircases leading up to the same place. I see it a little bit differently, but you need to be, and like I said, all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics or mediums. Got it. Have you ever had an experience where you read either either of those roles where you then later on go, oh, I got that wrong. Or man, I need to to follow up with them. Honestly, the way, I mean, the best of the best, and I'll use Mavis Patilla, who is like the grandmother of mediumship. She's this beautiful British woman, love her to pieces. She says, even the best medium is 85% correct. Because it has to come through my very flawed human body. And and so it's like I'm interpreting things. So there are times I'll be like, that just didn't feel right. Or I'm not quite sure I got that right. And I always say to people, I'm not sure that's correct. You were great too when I said, you know, sometimes you feel like people get annoyed when you say that's not true. And they're like, well, it is. And I that I had that experience with someone. She's like, well, that's what they're saying. And I was like, well, that, I don't think you need to be mean right now. And you were great when I said, nope, that doesn't ring true. You go, okay, well, let me, I think you said about Nate, you said he loves giving presents or he was good. He, he was good at giving presents. Is that, is what did you say? Is that true? Or some type of clarifying question you asked me after mm-hmm. everything you said. And I said, no. And you said, okay. Let me hold on a second. And then you said, he thinks he was good at giving presents. And I said, nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's like an excellent example because, and there are some teachers I know who are like, you know, you have to turn every time that you get a no into a yes. And I'm like, sometimes I'm just wrong. Right. You know, it's it's like, (laughs) yeah. It just made, it made my time with you feel so authentic and just like, just something that was very real and that I was allowed to say that makes sense. That doesn't, that rings true. That doesn't. And you weren't taking it personally. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing. If people are looking for someone, you know, these are, you're pretty vulnerable when you are talking to your dead people. So you Mm -hmm. want someone that can be present with you and isn't, you know, doesn't have all the answers because we're humans. Mm -hmm. So you're just doing your part. What would you tell people 
you know, that are looking for just peace about death? I mean, what have you learned after all the experiences that you've had? Obviously, you you're you don't you're not afraid of death anymore. And, you know, what would you tell people that are either afraid of it or that have loved ones there that, you know, just from your experience working in that realm? Well, first and foremost, there's no punishment. If you're a suicide, it's not like there's punishment. It's not like sometimes I will say if I'm reading for somebody who took their own life, they show up. And this is just my way of verbalizing this almost like they're in a cleansing process. So they might have sort of put themselves off to the side to sort of clean through some of the stuff and some of the pain that's still stuck in their energy. But it's not like they're in some limbo or purgatory or not allowed to come back or being punished for it. So that's the first thing is it's like, I don't think any of us are being punished. I also feel like it's really important that people know it doesn't hurt. And it's so funny because I've had dreams where it's like, I thought I was dying. And I remember thinking to myself, I was in a plane and the plane was going down and it was so real. And I remember thinking to myself, wait a minute, my soul's supposed to leave my body. This is going to hurt. I don't want it to hurt. <laughs> so even me, I was, you know, you kind of think that's going to hurt. But I don't necessarily see it as my job to prove to you that there's life after our human state. That's up to you to decide. But to me, this is just so beautiful and healing. And people don't realize how truly healing this can be. And so to me, it's not scary. I always say this before I do a demonstration. I'm not going to projectile vomit. My head's not going to spin. Not, there's, there's nothing weird that's going to happen. It's just very straightforward and sincere. And when you walk away from it, there's just such healing and hope that I feel comes along with mediumship. Yeah. And I I thought that was my last question, but I have one more. My gut says that our souls prepare days, months, and years to transition. Does, has that ever, like, if I look back on the last year and months and weeks and days before my husband left, I knew something was intuitively wrong. And I felt totally different towards him that last year. There was a love and a tenderness and a gratitude and a concern that I had never had for 20 years. It was just a knowing that pay attention. Do you, do you believe that souls, that that could be something that, that there is a preparation for the transition? Not always. Okay. Not always. But if you have a deep soul connection with another person, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But some people, you know, not so much. And then you have to remember too, when people die, it can really bring out secrets sometimes. So sometimes things don't, you know, people, people come to see me because they have lots of questions. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> right. They're like, hold on a minute. That's yeah, uh-huh. no, that's interesting. Well, I really appreciate, I'm so glad I met you. I'm so glad Ashley is one of my best friends and one of the coolest people. And this woman loves this stuff. And it was just nice to have a great experience that left me feeling like, yeah, this is, this is something that we need to tap into more. And it's a, it's a beautiful line of work. So I appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. And maybe we'll have you on again. We'll, we'll find some other things to talk about in this realm. Cause I think a lot of people are very interested. My pleasure. Thank my you, pleasure. Susan. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep going. It gets better. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.